All right. All right, you puppy dogs out there. <laughs> Welcome no, to Brothers of Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow. And with me today, I have Don Terrell. That was the most awkward thing we have ever done. You have to finish it. What are we doing today? And I always want you to say so. I don't know why. I feel like that's missing. Is this our actual intro right now? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Don, what are we doing today? I don't know why the so really sets off. The what are you doing? Yeah, like it's a... I mean, what's that called? Like, it's like a, it's a delay. It's like an artistic delay. Like, it creates suspense. That's the word I'm looking for. So. Suspense. So, Don, what are we doing today? Well, to answer your question, Lawson, today we're going to do three of your favorite D's and a fourth one. <laughs> so today, and for the listening audience, I've already told him, he has, <laughs> he has childlike reactions that I want to get captured on the podcast. And so you're going to have to imitate what you did earlier this morning. Uh, okay. All right. So today we're going to discuss dogma, doctrine, discussion oh really fun yeah that literally was his reaction i tried which, which feels, I so, tried. It feels currently awkward yeah and the last one the last one is dinosaurs oh. and how dinosaurs play in each one of these categories dogma we're literally we're gonna do a practical discussion. a practical yes, study like with how does okay. this play its way out right. because again part of the podcast and the purpose is to model what christian community looks like real brotherly love, friendship, fellowship, and how we how we should have unity. What's that saying? What's that saying? Peace of possible truth at all cost? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the unity charity. I don't have the quote. Charity and everything. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, something. You literally say this all the time. I know. I'll have to go back and pull it. So, um, anyways... So Lawson and I, speaking of Christian community, Lawson and I were hanging out a certain day this past week? Yeah, this past week. Um, And so our wives share a lot of the same (laughs) characteristics and similarities, right? Don't they? It's true. They really do. So we're sitting around the the dinner table sharing a meal together, and, and Julie says to me, you're chewing. And I already know this. Uh, no. We've been married. We've been married like twenty years, and so I eat oatmeal every morning. And and even like things that should not be chewed, like I chew. I need to mentally feel my teeth touch. I totally understand this. Yeah. And so this comes out at the dinner table, and we realize like you do the same thing, and yeah. like Beth chastises you for it. Yes, she does. And, so and my I, sister. Oh. Both of them. Railed so I me. said, so Julie goes trying to like slam me in front of, in front of the, you know, just in our community. Yeah. In our little f- dinner fellowship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, yeah, he even chews. His she ice thought cream. she was going to listen to this. She thought she was going to turn the tables. Oh, she was wrong. And he, she said, Lawson just said, he even chews his ice cream. And Lawson goes, <laughs> what'd you say? So do I? Yeah, you go, certainly, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you have to. <laughs> so the whole conversation is like, why would you choose your, <laughs> chew your ice cream that's not necessary? 
So what like else a, do you do? Do you just like I guess you move just around in your I don't know. So I'm literally a couple of weeks ago before we had this conversation. I'm standing in the kitchen eating something. I can't remember what it is. Probably cookie dough from the fridge, like a gremlin. Might be. <laughs> it might have been like mashed potatoes or something. Because I have to chew mashed potatoes. Like I have to chew everything. Yeah, I do too. And so both Julie and my daughter are going. Just swallow it, Don. Like don't chew it. And so, Lawson, at the time, I mentally could not bring myself to just bypass no, my chewing. Mm-mm. I could not do it, dude. Mm-mm. I can't. No, seriously, I can't do I it. I was, like, literally getting sweaty palms <laughs> thinking about I was going to kill myself. If <laughs> because, I you, because you have to chew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're both going, do it, do it, swallow. I go, no, I'm going to enjoy my food like yeah, I want to. I right. have to feel my that's teeth right. pass through whatever the softness is. <laughs> You have to make sure that it's soft, actually. Yeah, I have what to if break there's it something apart. in it? Yeah. 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 So <laughs> it's, it's every like time sim. someone says something to me about it, I'm like, okay, well, how do I? So Beth, we were on the couch the other day, and I was eating, and she did this. She did this like glance, like, like stop it, I mean? like, yeah. stop. I'm so, gonna shank you in so, the liver. So instantly, <laughs> I start like, how do I chew more quietly? <laughs> and can't. so like I'm. I'm like, I don't understand how you I do this. I don't understand, I, so, I, so I looked over, I said, maybe I just have thin cheeks. Like, <laughs> like the sound. It's like Michael like Scott. Sound you know I have soft teeth, through. babe. <laughs> <laughs> At the dinner party, he's dipping the meat oh, yeah, in yeah. his wine glass. Yeah. And he says, you know, I have, I have soft. She goes, can you please not do that? <laughs> yeah, that's gross. So I know. I definitely know. <laughs> Quote, unquote, this is what we all say if looks could kill. So same dinner table experience with your family and my family. And one thing that I brought up on our previous episodes, we kind of got away from sharing famous recipes. So um, the Harlows had us over, and so we're sitting at the table, and um, we all stepped outside for a little bit, and we were just going to hold dinner kind of just kind of (laughs) warm while we did some outdoor festivities. And so we come back, and another thing that Lawson and I share is – the stove is a very complicated instrument <laughs> in which I cannot correlate quickly what I belongs to what knob. True. So the whole dinner is sat out, out of the oven. It's being held on to the stovetop. And so we think we're going to walk back into maybe not a hot dinner, a warm. Warm to hot. Warm to hot. Yeah. So this recipe that we're going to share is uh, Beth's world famous enchiladas on the half shell. (laughs) (laughs) So we come back in the house and we're like, something smells burnt. Something's burning. And Lawson goes, immediately Lawson says, I turned the aisle. (laughs) So look, this casserole had come out of the, out of the (laughs) oven, set on top of the stove. And instead of Lawson turning the eye off, Evidently, you turned one on. No, I disagree with this. I don't know what happened. And so the I whole casserole is bubbling, and y'all, the bottom of it burnt, burnt. But I was so happy to see Beth hold it all together. I think if I think if I had done that, I don't know. Did you get it later when you no, left? No, she's nothing said. Mm-mm. So, anyways, I was like <laughs> scraping the top of the enchilada. It was really the bottom was was roasted, but the rest was roasted. Bro, it was black. No, I know. That's what I mean. Oh, sorry. we don't use oh, no, no, roasted. No, no. Sorry. Burnt. It was burnt to a crisp. Burnt to a but crisp. It was, on, it, it was on a half shell. It so you was. just you like took the spoon yeah. and you just like it was like a baked potato if you don't eat the skin. True. True. Yeah. It was like everything good from the bottom up was fantastic. The only thing she asked me, this is the only thing she asked me after she was like, 
But the filling was okay, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, the filling was fine. It was good. So we're sitting around the table and uh, the conversation of the podcast comes up. And so we talked about the last episode that we did, uh, a theology of rest and how we rotated all the chairs. And uh, <laughs> Lawson says, yeah, I made Beth because Beth is a faithful listener. Uh, <laughs> she, I roll. Yeah, I roll. He's like, yes, I made Beth listen to the first part of the intro because it was one. I mean, I think, Lawson, you said it was your favorite episode. It was my favorite episode. And so uh, so Beth comments and goes, yeah, but Blake's intro was just a little too long and a little too, like, (laughs) off the top. And so I let her get it all out of her mouth and I go, I actually wrote that, Beth. (laughs) So I wrote a bunch of the episode and Beth immediately looks at the ground (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like one of those like you're at a community dinner and you're eating someone else's casserole and you're like this is trash and they're like but i cook that <laughs> <laughs> so um you sent me lost in this pack past week a uh screenshot of a lo- of a sermon i guess a sunday prep that was like hey you need to be at church because this is what you're going to hear preaching on and it was a picture of the donkey the elephant and the cross, yeah. So here's what I here's what I said. I think every pastor needs a podcast. Yeah, because it prevents you from doing it that does, on Sunday. It does. There's just things that need to be covered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, valid. You yeah, know, valuable. Yeah. But I think like every pastor needs a podcast. One because I think like the podcast has been set where it's like I'm Al Moeller and this is the briefing. You know, it's like that's the level of podcast news we, and events from a Christian worldview. Yeah, it's like. No, you can just have, I think you can just have a podcast where it's just, you know, full of banter and you can cover like some things that you can't cover. So I'm, I'm out here promoting, right? Yeah. You can frame it up like we do. Like, I think everybody needs to have a podcast, pastors specifically. So I actually think this is a, I've told you this. I'm, and I, and I wasn't like, I love Al Mohler. So I'm not, being, oh, no, 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 uh, no, yeah, I, my, my accent was like, it's that professional. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, bro, like that's like, he literally could have sponsors and, Oh yeah, it could oh, be on Fox News. For I mean, sure. it's well done. Yeah, right. I the thing that has gotten me about the podcast has been you. So you scheme. We we both are schemers, mm-hmm. right? Like we've got a plan. Certainly, we want to see yeah. it executed. And um, but one of the but, but like it still amazes me that some of the things that you schemed ha, have actually been really effective. And this, but I mean, like there. I'm lo- smiling. I'm yeah, smiling yeah. Like, there are a lot of things. Going. There are a lot of things that I that I'm like. I don't know if we should do a podcast. And I think the biggest thing for me was like it doesn't have to blow up. Like like at the end of the day, if our podcast reaches Mercy Hill, that's the purpose of it. Yeah. And so, and I love spending time with you. And so yeah, I no, think like fun. this yeah. time yeah. is fruitful yeah. just for the just for us for sure. But anyways, it, it accomplishes <clears throat> I yeah, think fruitful. Because, yeah, because early on when I was writing, so I the. The blog that I wrote before the blog that I'm supposed to write now. You're like nine blogs. Yeah, behind. yeah, I'm way behind. I read, I read through the list yesterday. It's like no, um, <laughs> reset. But at about halfway through it, I got somebody commented on it that I know and love, and say it's just too long for me to read. And I said, okay, that's fine. Like it's for me. Mm-hmm. Like you can read it, but it's for me. Like yeah. at the end of the day, at that point in my life, I actually was at reading. At the end of the day, yeah. At, at one point in my life, at that point in my life, I had just moved from um a, another local church to longview point to to plant and i was preaching twice a week there mm. and I, I was reading through my journal while i was on uh, vacation and i remember like i remember 
weeping over um, over a page in my journal when it, when I essentially knew that I was about to stop preaching for a year mm. because I did. Like I I went from preaching twice a week to preaching three times and three or four times in a year mm-hmm. to planting. Mm. And that was a really sorrowful thing. And so I was like, I'm going to blog because this is for me. Mm. Anyway, as an outlet. As an outlet to try to keep my mind sharp, like a lot of stuff. Hmm. Anyway. So this week um, I saved a life, possibly my own, <laughs> at the voting at the voting poll. Yeah. So the line was so long. Yeah. So it was like. It was out, so we vote at a church location, and so it's like, it's out the front, it's through the parking lot, it's it's like winding through the parking lot, and the last bit of the line when we walk up is positioned where it's like, it's it's running up the entrance driveway in the driveway of this commercial parking lot, if you will. And so I look at the lines, I take, take, so we're on foot, the polling place is close enough to my house that Julie and I walk, so we walk, and I see the line like going up the driveway, dangerous, like cars are coming yeah. in, they're pulling in, it's busy, you know. And so I stood on the sidewalk and literally was the first person to stand on the sidewalk. And so the line, so I let the line come and pass and then chose to step in line at the at the sidewalk. And when we left, guess where the line was? Right where you were. The sidewalk and down the main road, down the sidewalk, like 50 feet. That's crazy. So I told Julie, I said, that's my work. You're a trendsetter. I am. Security team. felt so good. Conservative resurgence. (laughs) I know it. Sidewalk. I said, who knows, Julie? And I was thinking about, so like, was was the brag about that I save anyone else's life? It's a solid possibility. (laughs) I said, furthermore, I could have saved my own life. Um, so speaking of voting and at the poll, yeah. we have a big announcement, a big amendment to the previous episode. Oh, goodness. Where you said, I mean, you you were all about Proposition oh, 65 or whatever. <laughs> so what did you do when you went to the poll? I abstained from voting. Did you? Yep. When did you make that decision? Uh, when your hands started trembling? No, it wasn't. It was more, It had it had more to do with I did not know the caveats of that that vote which is what which is what gave me pause the what again? the caveats like how those things were actually going to be executed oh yeah yeah so so like i really am of the persuasion that if so if, if there is a a medicinal purpose then that makes sense yeah but I also don't understand how they're going to implement it from doctor's perspective yeah. or from yeah. legislature and so i just mm-hmm. i just abstained yeah I mean, so I've outed you on what you voted. I voted no. I mean, obviously, at this point, we know it's passed and it's yeah. law, and so I'm not mad about it. It is what it is. I actually did not know that that had passed. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um. So again, this things that happened this past week. I had some friends over. Uh, one night before the weekend. Yeah, the last night of the week. Mm-hmm. I had some friends over. So some friends from school, and so my job was to cook hot dogs build a big bonfire and then set chairs out and then as a parent when your kids get older like you have to disappear you go to your room that's right get out yeah and so this is my house yeah so i saw the fire was kind of dying out a little prematurely so i was like well i'm gonna go out 
and get more firewood. And so I come out as the adult and of course like conversation ceases, right? Yeah. And so I was like, do y'all want more firewood? And no one answers me. And I'm like, okay, great idea. I'm going to go get more firewood, you know? And so make an executive decision. I yeah. load it up with a ton of firewood, come back in, go to bed. They, you know, they leave, you know, next day. <laughs> my daughter says, hold on. I want to address this. So it's very important to me because I know people don't read what's actually in the post. They just click the link if they're going to listen. It's very important to me that you understand as our listener that if there is a beep, a bleep, it is to protect a name or because someone has made a joke that is not coarse or inappropriate. It's just a bad joke. And it's just to ins- to insult them based upon yes. the, the their poor bad delivery of their yeah because the last joke that we believe like you literally told the joke and, was, and, like, and we all that, stared at you yeah it's like if that's not funny like if we don't yeah. think it's funny it doesn't need to be yeah on the so episode. but right before I said it I was like oh, I don't that's inappropriate and it, and it was like it wasn't that it was coarse or anything like that it was just like it was corny yeah it was a corny joke anyway. we're not gonna let corny jokes on the podcast yeah okay I just I just wanted to make that public all right so the next the next day my daughter says. So one of my friends is out there, and he's a faithful <laughs> listener of the podcast. And I said, "Are you kidding me? I had fans here. <laughs> like I was, I was total like anonymity. I was like hiding my personality, not making dad jokes. I mean, I went as far as I had an outfit on for Wood Patrol. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I was so excited because I had on like it was like a red lumberjack." Uh, I had a nice like. So, anyways, I had gotten all dressed up, you yeah. know, for the my two appearances to put wood on the fire. So she starts telling me that all of her friends are like, "Your dad has a podcast," and obviously it's a podcast by Products of Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church, five hundred one c three tax deductible charity. <laughs> if you'd like to give, you find yourself being blessed. You can go to our website, mercyhillob.org, and click give, and you can make a donation. We actually added a category this week that says "Blessed by Products of Grace." So when you click the drop down on what method you want to give to, you can give to Blessed by Products of Grace. So anyway, she tells me that there's faithful that, that they wanted to listen to an episode, and she's like, "No, we are not listening to an this. episode." So we've entered into a new market, a new age demographic. Oh, have we? We have. Teenagers. Teenagers. Welcome, Y'all are teenagers. listening to us. This is what you can do when you get in your 40s. <laughs> <laughs> so, God, bleep that. Anyways, my daughter says, gets in the car with me the other day, and she says, she greets me in an English accent, and she says, I... I love, I just love having a fake, this is what she says, I love having a fake English accent. And so I, so we do banter the whole way home. I'm doing English accent back to her and we're saying like. Can you finish the rest of the podcast in an English accent? This is what I thought. I need to do a podcast episode in honor of my daughter. And I've already shared this with several people that go to church here. Could I do an entire podcast with an English accent. Is it possible? I don't know. Could I keep the accent on point or would it swing to Scottish or Australian? That's my big challenge because I could do it. I do think I could do it. I look forward to that one. All right, Lawson. So with that, boom goes the dino might. (laughs) That's that's the intro. Because dinosaur? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Etymology. Okay. It sounds a lot like yeah, but it's dynamite, not, yeah, dinosaurs, yeah, dino, dino. Okay, I didn't do any research. I don't know where the Latin. It's actually so power. 
Oh, so I am onto something. Yeah, but so like one of the one of the big illustrations that people give on bad exegesis. Yeah, is when they try to define the word dynamo. Uh, I think it's dynamo. Oh yeah, yeah. In the Greek, and they're like, yeah, which is, this is where axe. This, they get this word from dynamite. It's like, no, they don't. No, they don't. Please stop. <laughs> and he preached with dynamite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway. It's like actually, yeah. Language didn't. Yeah, the, 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 the Greek. Ascend. The Greek got this from the English word dynamite. It's like no. <laughs> yeah, they're thinking the English was the original language. Yeah. All right. So, dogma, doctrine, discussion. I'm actually super pumped because we hadn't talked about this in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Um, which one do you want to start with? Uh, so we're going to go from outside to inside, or inside to outside. Uh, let's finish with discussion. Okay, that's fair. Because I think that'll lead into dinosaurs. Fair. Dogma. Am I giving definitions? Yeah, so define it and then maybe talk about like why you think it's important for okay. the congregation to understand what is what is dogma and yeah. what is being dogmatic. Yeah, so a couple of things before we get into this. First, I think the best way to think about dogma, doctrine, discussion is inside the context of a local church. Obviously, it's important, period, but when I'm thinking about it, like when I think about dogma, doctrine, discussion, I am specifically thinking about how we interact with different the- theological ideas and, and doctrines uh, inside our local church. So maybe the best way to think about it is what level of volume should I be at when I'm discussing these things? Mm. Um, <clears throat> so like if it's a really important issue my volume should probably be up mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a you know a lower tier issue then yeah, let's turn it I down like, i don't know if i like volume or tone is what i'm thinking of okay tone i like yeah. um tone doesn't negate truth no but it, but I, my other thing i think is also helpful is how 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 deeply are my heels dug in yeah yeah, yeah, it's yeah. another fair way. Yeah. It doesn't mean like volume or waving my hands. Yeah, and the way that I, the reason I say that is because like I see people turn up. I mean, just angry. Um, uh, their tone is harsh. They're loud, and they're arguing over something that is at best. What do you mean, Paul didn't write Hebrew? Right, like. <laughs> Um, How dare like, you? And, and they're and they're fighting tooth and nail on it. Like if you don't believe this, you're an apostate. And there was a time in the last fifty years where the issue, the issue inside the church, was where you were in eschatology. And if yeah. you weren't a dispensational premillennialist, yeah. you were a pagan, right? And it's like that simple. You're out, right? Um. Anyway, so dogma. Dogmas are non-negotiables of the Christian faith. So, for instance, if someone. Uh, so let's take the uh, bodily resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, the apostles very clearly articulated a bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, you see also the apostles wage war against those who would deny this reality. And, and, and essentially, if it touches the gospel in a way that it, that it dismembers it, if it isn't true, um, then it's a dogma. The, the uh, incarnation of Christ, uh, the hypostatic union, the um, bodily resurrection. I mean, the the uh, the, Trini- the trinitarian nature of God. All of those things are dogmas of the Christian faith. Infallibility of Scripture. In fact, I actually am slow there, mm. and so I, the reason I'm slow to say that's a dogma um, is because a it, and so like the denial of it and the ignorance of it are two different things too. Certainly. So if you like come out flat denying. Well, I mean, we say in I mean the 
before we stand and read Sunday sermon. Yeah, I say it every. Yeah. What what's what do you say? Uh, this order, is the only only infallible rule of faith and practice for the Christian life. Okay. And so there's a reason I say that over and over again. Right. I I laughed uh, a while back because I stood up there and I was saying it, and I actually watched as two or three people mouthed it. Oh, nice. And and I remember I remember thinking like, oh, am I that repetitive? And then I thought, good. Yeah. Because like if if there's one thing that can be that can be like imprinted on someone is that the word of God is the only infallible rule of faith and practice for the Christian life. But someone who denies it, while I think they are in great error, I do not think that by necessity disqualifies them from a belief in the gospel. I think they're inconsistent in ways that are that are stunning, mm. but I'm going to call that a blessed inconsistency. Okay. Um, so anyway... So those those doctrines are key. The way that I like to think about it is the Apostles' Creed. I think is helpful here. If it if it violates the Apostles' Creed, um, then then immediately I'm gonna I'm gonna jump up and say ah, I think that might be a violation of the Christian faith altogether. Mm. All right. So it, it, earlier in our discussion about dogma, you gave me some examples about dogmas. Yeah. And so hypostatic union, virgin birth, and and I and I you know we had we had said. Uh, or I, I had given given the example uh, the in, the infallibility of Scripture. Yeah. Um, but you had specifically said like the these things would if you deny them these dogmas it would disqualify you from the faith. So give me one example of denying a do- a dogma which disqualifies you from the faith. But before you give me that example, and you may have you can give me more than one. Yeah. Let's 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 um, qualified. Yeah, yeah, denial and ignorance. Yeah, so the so, question would be one example of denying a dogma, which which would disqualify you from the faith. And maybe the the next way to phrase that question is one example of being ignorant of a dogma, which would not disqualify you from the faith. Right. I mean, so yeah, and so it, it really is a distinction between denial and ignorance, mm-hmm. and and so like ignorance. And let's understand the word ignorance is not a reflection on someone's intellect. It's just they are unaware or they are learning. And so when we baptize someone into this congregation, we walk we walk with them through uh, various dogmas of the Christian faith. We want them to be able to articulate those things well, but we're not under the assumption that they all of a sudden have every ounce of dogmatic truth downloaded into their mind mm. where they can give a defense for it and always understand error when they hear it. Mm. And so... For instance, if someone comes in and they say, "Hey, I, I think I, I think I've got a better grasp on the Trinity right now," and they begin to explain to me, "Well, we know that we see we see God the Father, we see God the Son, and we see God the Spirit," and they're and they and, and it's like it's God revealed in each of those in each of those forms. And I'm like, "Well, no, 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 not forms. They're each persons, and mm-hmm. and I can go and I can walk with them through that." And they'll say, "Well, well, I know God's not the Son. I know the Son's not the Spirit," and so they just have difficulty articulating those mm-hmm. realities, and they're deep realities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's ignorance where that is, as it's corrected by Scripture, is, I, I would argue, by the Spirit received rather rapidly. Mm. That's ignorance. Which is a demonstration of growing up absolutely, in the faith, right? Absolutely. Okay. I, look, I told you this. I denied because I just did not know. So deny is not the best way to say it. I was ignorant of the mm. bodily resurrection. Mm. I was 20 uh, not Jesus' bodily resurrection, but but the but the bodily resurrection of the saints. I didn't mm. know that was a reality, mm. and so um, it had never really been taught on or anything like that. When I, when I was reading First Corinthians fifteen, I was like, 
it's a bodily resurrection. Yeah, I remember personally when I came to grips with the uh, the eternality of Christ and yeah. His preeminence, yep. and how like for for my reality as a as a creature that when He took on bodily form as the incarnation, I would never deny the incarnation, but I, but I was I was ignorant of yeah. His etern like yeah. His eternality as Christ the Son. Yeah, and so it's like you know to me like if if I was to deny that, yeah. Then essentially, I'm denying dogmatically yeah. the Trinity. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and so the denial of a dogma. So let, let's let's take for instance a different conversation. A guy walks in the room and he says, uh, "So the one guy, he, he's kind of the ignorant guy, is kind of giving a demonstration of like, hey man, you're kind of leaning toward modalism. Let me help you here mm. and give you biblical categories so that you can work through this." And then as he sees those biblically, he says, "Yes, that's it. Mm. I understand the Trinity." And there's another guy who walks in and says, "No." God expresses himself mm. in three persons. He is not three persons. Mm. He expresses himself in the Old Testament as the Father. He expresses himself in the New Testament as Jesus, and he expresses himself today as the Holy Spirit. But he is not three persons. He is one person. Mm. That is a denial of the fundamentals of the Christian faith mm. and therefore excludes you from it. Mm. And so if you come out and you're denying the Trinity – um, then you are denying the essence of the Christian faith because you're denying the God of the Christian mm. faith. Mm. The same basic thing if you deny the hypostatic union, if you deny the fact that Jesus was truly God and truly man, it's very simple. Yeah, you so, have a different Christ. Right. Yeah. So thinking about denying um, denying the three persons of the Trinity, Yeah. could you have an effective discussion about the economy of God's salvation Absolutely. with that individual. That's normally where I go. Um, what was my question again? Could you, so that person that denies. Oh, I was talking about giving a defense. No, you cannot. Okay. Yeah, you can't. Okay. So in giving a defense, I would walk through the economy and I would say, brother, like, I want you to see these things. Mm. And then I would also point to the Jesus' Jesus's baptism and mm. also the Great Commission where you see these members, each member, the Father, Son, and Spirit used in the same sequence, which seems to indicate value, so ontology, mm. and then, but the economy essentially falls apart if you are not Trinitarian. Right. There is so Ephesians one runs you through the economy of salvation, and if you don't have each member of the Godhead present, mm -hmm. you don't have a salvation. Mm -hmm. It's that mm -hmm. simple. Yeah, you don't understand his covenant. No, you don't understand him, mm. right? And, and if we take this into maybe the Pharisaical understanding, the Pharisees looked at Jesus and they said, "You're not God." right? Mm. Essentially what's being said by those who would deny the Trinity is looking at each member of the Godhead and saying, you're not God. Mm. You, you must bow to the way that I view you. And, it, it, and look, we have to understand, right? The Trinity is a, is a lofty and mysterious reality, but the scripture screams it. Mm. And so at the end of the day, I could, I, it, may, it is lofty. Is it hard to grasp? Sure. Um, but I genuinely, that's that's less relevant to me, that it's difficult for me to grasp mm. than the fact that the scriptures make it clear, and I simply cling by faith to that. Mm. Do you feel good about dogma? Do you want to move on to doctrine? Um, so let me say one thing about dogma before we go from there. Dogma is the place that we should be most defensive. And by defensive, I don't mean violent. I don't mean that we're like, you know, going looking for a fight, but it's always interesting to me. But to me, the scripture says to give a defense. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's always interesting to me that we are very, very gentle 
with the Mormon who knocks on our door. Mm. Um, when and, and I and I believe that we should be gentle there, but there does come a point where we have to look at what some of the some of the ways that Jesus spoke to um, the Pharisees, the way that John would refuse to welcome someone who denied the who denied the deity of Christ. Mm. Um, like if a Mormon knocks on my door, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give a defense of the gospel and, and I'm probably going to do it in a tone that is, that is firm and clear. And when they leave, I will say, and I, and I do this, I say, I will not wish you Godspeed. You are going forth proclaiming a heresy for which you will be damned mm. and your hearers, if they accept it, will be damned as well. Mm. I cannot wish you Godspeed. Mm. Um, and so I, I think we would do it's well. It's an enemy of the gospel. It is an enemy of the gospel. And it's different. It's mm. different from the pagan. Mm. The pagan who sits down with me, I can be gentle with them. I can bring them the good news of the gospel. I can confront them on their sin, but they are not denying. Mm. They're, not, they're not calling themselves by, by brother. And all the while denying mm-hmm. the glory of the gospel mm-hmm. and the person yeah, and work the, of Jesus. They're, they're proclaiming a message which says, come unto me. Mm-hmm. But the person that they draw you to is the enemy, the absolutely. devil himself. Yeah, come, come to come, the liar, absolutely. the chief of all liars. Absolutely. That's a yeah. great way to put it. All right. So doctrine. 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 Doctrines are uh, defined. You know, it's weird. I know I have to kind of use this and it. It may seem redundant, but doctrines are defining doctrines for your local body. Hmm. Um, so, you know, one of the easiest ways to think about this, I think, is in is in the ordinances. Um, and so, for instance, at this local body, we are Credo Baptist, and we're somewhere in between uh, memorial and spiritual presence. Hmm. Uh, at least that's what our elders are. There's probably some some differences here, um, but. You certainly cannot be a part of this body and believe in transubstantiation. Right. Um, and you certainly cannot be a part of this body while denying credo baptism and also like you, the basic gist of it is you're not going to want to be here. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and that's not that's not to look at them and condemn it. That's not to say that, hey, I, I understand that in areas of doctrine where there's some disagreement, that disagreement doesn't exclude you from the Christian faith. Right. Um, and we would say these things are secondary and tertiary, not primary. Yeah. And that's, that's another way that I. Yeah. Yeah. So these things are secondary. They're just secondary doctrines. Right. Um, and so you're probably not going to like the basic just for me is at the end of the day, if you disagree on doctrines, then you're probably going to worship somewhere else. Mm. I'm not. Nobody's mad about that. Um, you know, I'm grateful for our faithful Presbyterian churches down the road. I'm grateful for those who would disagree with disagree with us on certain issues, as long as they cling to the gospel. Mm. Um, and so, as long as we agree on on dogma and we're going to work on those things, then praise the Lord, and and we'll worship separately, but we'll do the same Great Commission. Um, and uh, so, baptism, the Lord's table, uh, church polity. Uh, worship, I think, comes into this as well. Originally, I had worship kind of in a discussion category, and I, I, I'm wrong. I was just wrong. I think it falls into doctrine. Um, and so those things that probably most heavily what, influence What practice, about worship? Tease that out for me. Like, So is that more like prescriptive? Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think where you fall in regard to regulative principle of worship mm. and normative principle of worship. Okay. And then also the, the crazy land worship, which is, I you know, um, you know, I, I lean very heavily regulative. Um, I'm perfectly content with that for me. Which that doctrine define that? For regulative principle means that we only do what we see God positively command. Normative principle is essentially arguing that if God has not forbidden it, then it's acceptable. Gotcha. Um, 
but you know, at the end of the day, I think that that there is that God God has given us the way in which He wants to be worshipped, and if we think that we have a better way, we're probably just being idolaters of self. Yeah, yeah, and so um, those types of things influence where normally you will worship. But when I think about them in the context of the local church, there probably is in this congregation people who disagree on, let's take the Lord's table, for instance, on is it spiritual presence or is it memorial only? Mm. And you know, at the end of the day, we practice it the same way. Mm-hmm. Like we can disagree about those things, mm-hmm. those things, mm-hmm. but those who are spiritual presence are participating in memorial. Those who are memorial, probably, even if they won't admit it, do experience a unique presence mm-hmm. in the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the, those are those are the doctrine category. What about the law? Like the Mosaic law? Um, break that down for me. So um, that the civil and ceremonial law has been fulfilled, mm-hmm. abolished through fulfillment, as Ephesians would say. Yeah. Um, but we, we still have the the doctrine that the ministry of Moses is still alive today in the yeah. fact that the Mosaic law still stands teaches men that they are condemned before a yeah. just and holy God. It's still holding captive. Right. Yeah. It still has people enslaved to sin. The yeah. works of the law demonstrate Moses' law demonstrates that it is it is alive in the fact that it is written on the hearts and minds of men. Yeah. Um so I think depending on your interpretation of that, it could it could fall into doctrine or discussion. Okay. So, um, and the reason I say that is because there are there are those who would argue that the law has been abolished altogether, which essentially gives birth to all types of licentiousness. And then there are those who say, no, 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 we keep it, but we keep it, um, we don't keep it by looking at it, we keep it by looking at Jesus. Mm. To which I would say, okay, we're going to practice the exact same way. Certainly, yeah. Um, we're being conformed into his image, right. which is relational, right? I'm yeah. going to go forth loving the Lord my God yeah. with all my heart, soul, and strength, yeah. and mine, and loving my neighbor as myself. What does that look like? I'm not going to murder him. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to murder him. I'm not going to covet his wife or yeah. his land or whatever. You know, yeah. the list goes on. And so, you know, I think that does fall into into a doctrine or discussion category. Now, I will say there are areas in that that will lead you all the way to dogma. Um, like? Like an abandonment of holiness. Mm. Like we... Saying I do what I please is essentially denial of Romans mm. six, right? So that grace may abound, yeah, sin yeah, all the more. Absolutely, and Paul says, "May it never be." Right, and so I, I've actually never met someone like that. I've never met someone who had a theological understanding of the law of God and the gospel, and said, "I can live however I please." Mm. I've never met anybody. I know they exist. I've never met one. Mm. Um, but you know, if we're if we're having conversations about the law of God. And how to so let's take let's take the Lord's Day, the okay. Sabbath. Okay. That's a great way to think about this. So there are multiple people, and Romans fourteen helps us in this because he just articulates like there are some who hold it and mm-hmm. they hold it in a way that is honoring to the Lord. They hold it for the Lord, and there are others who hold all days equal. Yeah, yeah. and and they do it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so like we have to be able to have those discussions in a way that is. Uh, that is reasonable mm-hmm. and, and in light of the full revelation of God. So the Sabbatarian who says, I'm going to, on Sunday, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to go home and nap. I'm not going to participate in any recreation or labor. But if I see my neighbor mowing their yard, yeah, I'm going to freak out. Yeah, yeah. So those, so those guys, <laughs> um, you know, anyway, 
you took it somewhere I wasn't going. Um, <laughs> but you know, like those those guys. Okay, praise the Lord. Enjoy your day. Um, and then there's the others who are like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to, um, after spending time with the saints on the Lord's day, I'm going to get in the pool with my family. I'm going to play. It's going to be a good day. Like praise the Lord. Enjoy that. And so that's where that flows over into discussion. But the idea of saying there is no standard of morality mm-hmm. and holiness mm-hmm. inside of the Christian faith, that becomes an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember being, um, in the past and uh, my wife was working weekends mm. and we were sitting inside a kind of a local Sunday school class and the the Sabbath came up mm. and talking about, I mean, we really walked away from a lesson feeling as if like we were under God's judgment. Yeah. Like, and so that's, that's kind of what was being articulated around Sabbath and rest yeah. and keep it holy was your, you are, betraying God's command by working on the Sabbath. And so for me, you know, when I think about the Sabbath rest, and we talked about this our last episode, but really, you know, I think the reality is that Christ is the locus of, of the Sabbath, right? Like we only find true rest in him. And so for, for me, like, I think, I think maybe the application that, you know, Julie and I walked through was, you know, Christ abolished the law as expressed in ordinances which is very important language. Yes, and so we we are set free from that Sabbatarian come and go, but I believe like what you touched on was we should not abstain from meeting together. Mm-mm. And there's a really great day to meet, yeah. right? It's the it's the resurrection day of yeah. our Lord, and so that's the day that we gather on. Yeah. Which would you say would you say at that point is is that a new covenant ordinance? And so I would think, like, we wouldn't call that an ordinance. No, but we would clearly call it a New Testament command. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, like, it is a—and we know this, right? People who abstain from the Lord's Day are people who normally are anemic Christians. And and honestly— well, Sometimes you said last I'm, episode are I, in need of church discipline. Yeah. Like, this I, is a church discipline yeah. issue. So, so, so I think, like, this, this is what I wanted to tease out. Like, we are dogmatic. You be scheming. <laughs> It's like it's like I, I'm, I just want to show. It's like that, connect like, the dots, it, and I'm on the first dot, and you're on the last dot, and it's like, all right, I'll get there eventually, yeah. I guess. Go ahead. So, I, I, but I think it's important, right, to understand yeah. dogma, doctrine, discussion as a sliding scale. Yeah, it is. That it these is. things these things do often domino or spill over into one another, and so they're not static in such yeah. a way, right? They do yeah. have an effect on one another. Yeah. So tell us why we would be dogmatic about gathering on the Lord's Day, even though we wouldn't hold it as an ordinance. And yes, we have freedom to discuss it, but yet it is a doctrine in which we would hold that we do want to see dogmatically mm-hmm. obeyed, if you would. Yeah, so this th- this kind of goes back to even then, let love rule. Like, the reason I'm going to, if you if you were out of attendance for an extended period of time and there's no contact with you or anything like that, you're not sick, you're just, I don't know, staying at home playing video games. Right. Right, like, we're going to approach you about it, number one, because God has commanded that you be in fellowship with the saints, mm. which is th- that would lead me to believe that I would actually be in disobedience mm. for not rebuking you for your sin. Right. Um, number two, we love you. Mm. Right. Like love dictates. I'm going to go to you because I long to see you flourish inside right. of the faith and you will not flourish at home. If right. you are not attending a local church, just just a side note, if you're hearing this and you're not a, and you're not an active and viable member of your local church, then you aren't being faithful. Mm. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so there should be a and this is where like 
that sounds really dogmatic, mm. right? I'm not saying that you are that you've abandoned the faith and you've apostatized. I am saying this: you're probably well on your way. Mm. Um, and so, anyway, that's why we would go, and, and and it would seem to be more dogmatic. But it's 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 dogmatics in the doctrines that we hold. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. anyway, um, all right. So, uh, last category: discussion. Okay, define that. Um, discussion is discussion's interesting because it really can go a multiple like there's so much that can go into it but p- perhaps the easiest ones are um, eschatology mm-hmm. so where we stand on how we think the end times are going to play out right um, so for instance if you're a an amillennialist and you think that we are currently in the millennium that Christ is currently reigning in heaven and in the and in the hearts of his people um, that he's ruling, um, or you're a premillennialist and you're awaiting something to come. And, you know, regardless of that, um, the belief of Christ conquering and being victorious is really the important point there. And we can agree completely on that reality. And this is a discussion category, which means that, like, at lunch, we're going to sit down and talk about this. And I'm going to make fun of you because you have an obscure view that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to look back at me and make fun of me because I have an obscure view that seems to make no sense, right. but because we really don't have a handle on it. God has not, in my opinion, clearly given us a step-by-step word for word, what the end times are like the timeline of the end times. Mm-hmm. I, I know multiple things that are true about them, but I can't lay them out for you. Right. Um, There's some mystery there. Yeah, certain, and I'm not having an opinion. Like I can give you my opinion, right? But I, but I, but I'm not going to disqualify you from the faith, nor am I going to disqualify you from this church, yeah. or even having a conversation. Like as an elder, right? Like there are doctrines that we guard. I'm just going to be really honest with you. I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time guarding eschatology. Yeah, um, but I think it's really helpful to hear you say. But I'm going to have an opinion because I've been in, yes. I've been in certain circles and people will say I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, and I don't think it's fruitful. Yeah, and that, I'm like it's unbecoming. Yeah, no, no, no. Like you yeah. need to form a biblical opinion on yeah. this. Like dig in. I think it's healthy. I yeah. think it's good. I think it's good to form a position, a biblically informed position. Yeah. Uh, you know, one in which you can enter into yeah. healthy discussion because I think that I think that's really I think that I think that's a mark of Christian community. Yeah. Um, speaking of, so at MC, my mission community this past week, it came up and I believe it's Rome. It's, it's in Romans. I don't know what chapter I'm sure you will. Um, and, and in this way, all Israel will be saved. Uh, and someone asked yeah. me like, so who is Israel? Hmm. And I said, spiritual Israel, like he's laid that out in yeah. Romans two. I think that the true Jew is the one of the heart, not of the flesh. Yeah. And then also he says, did, did they all fail to obtain it? No, the elect obtained it. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, you know, he's painting the picture of one cultivated olive tree yeah. and, and he's the root. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I said. And so I, I gave, I gave my defense on yeah. that. And, um, I asked the individual, um, did I answer how you like or are we in disagreement? And this individual said, no, 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 full disagreement. I mean, excuse me, full agreement. <laughs> full <Sorry>. disagreement. Totally <laughs> Sorry. disagree with you. But uh, full talk. agreement. Yeah. But then they said, but I, but I know someone who's working through this. Yeah. And, and I said, these things are great to work through. Yeah, for sure. And the reality is they're not salvific. No. So, the, so, so that's a way of me saying these, these are points of discussion yeah correct yeah and i think that's a great way to a great point that one in particular because this is th- this one in particular is very hotly oh, yeah. debated. yeah 
And, and, and I say hotly, I mean like the tone of it. Oh, people will break fellowship over I it. I know. And so like this is where well, so, one so of if, the if great we say errors, people will break fellowship over it, are we saying they're mm-hmm. being dogmatic they're, so, about a discussion point? Yeah, so this is the danger, right? Okay. So the, re- the reason – and th- I'm trying to decide if I'm going to bring up like the most controversial thing I can think of. Um, so – there are there are things that have become they have gone from discussion or even further outside of that ring and they've been elevated to dogma mm. and people are breaking fellowship over stuff that for lack of better terms is stupid mm. like it's not dumb that you have an opinion it's not dumb that you can give a defense for it it is dumb if you break fellowship over an issue that is tertiary or more so i, I am i'm gonna do it so masks okay i'm um, I have seen more fallout inside of faithful churches over masks. And to me, and one of the things that I've noticed about this congregation, and I'm going to brag on them for a minute, I have had little to no strife over masks. And I'm convinced it is because that we have had discussions over conscience mm. and over tertiary issues. Because, and the other thing that I've noticed is those who are, who are just fiery about it, they make it something more than what it is. Mm-hmm. And like, regardless of what the government says, if you feel the need to wear a mask inside of corporate worship for you to attend, okay, wear a mask and come to church. Mm. If you don't feel the need to wear a mask, then don't wear a mask and come to church. The danger isn't in wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. The danger is elevating it mm, to a point of, of sanctification mm. or elevating it to a point of love of neighbor. Mm. And if you do this or don't do this, mm. then you're, you're denying biblical command. Mm. That is not the case. It mm. really would do us well to study passages like uh, 1 Corinthians 8 or Romans 14, where we deal with food sacrifice to idols. Mm. Whether you do or you don't is largely irrelevant up until the point where you begin to destroy your brother because of it. Mm. And it's not talking about the consumption of meats. It's talking about you are destroying them spiritually by raising it to a point of danger, mm. of, of disqualification. And so the the real issue here is we've got to be able to place these things in those categories, mm-hmm. know where they are, mm-hmm. and then either wage war mm-hmm. or don't wage war mm-hmm. based upon where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's interesting that you bring that up because it ties back into the example of you know discussing Sabbath attendance, right, on the Lord's Day, having yeah. a doctrine around what's the biblical category there, yeah. and then holding dogmatic to it. Yeah. Right. And it's like all of a sudden we're we're placing an we're we're placing something in the in the category of discussion and saying, Well, I'm not gonna come to church because everyone else is not gonna wear a mask. And yeah. so therefore, like you're denying the dogmatic belief that you should be, if able, yeah, should not um, as Hebrews would say, do not uh, what's the neglect word? Neglect Yes, do not neglect. Yeah, and so it's like here you are placing a dogmatic constraint on your brothers and sisters around around gathering. Yeah, yeah. and saying I I do not want to gather with you. Yeah, unless yeah, and it and to me that's a that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah, and th- there actually is I don't want to gather with you unless it's I mm-hmm. don't want to gather with you unless you believe the beauties of the gospel. Mm. Like there actually is a stipulation, and Certainly. that's the only stipulation. That's right. And, and so, to attend and gather yeah. is being loving. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And and um and you know this goes both ways because you want to you want to. I really want to understand both perspectives. 
Um, and I think that's actually one of the best ways that you can really navigate the dogma doctrine discussion category is trying to understand the other perspective mm-hmm. so that you can articulate what they believe. And as soon as you can do that normally, you've not only understood their position, but you've really normally understood where it falls and how dramatically you need to argue against it if if you're still against it, right? You touched on this, and I, I don't remember if it was in a past episode or this past week, but nonetheless, you said Romans 14 really helps us understand Last, and build yeah. out that do not use your freedom as yeah. a cover for evil, yeah. but also we should not be barring other people's conscience where where yeah. liberty exists. You said I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out. Okay. So when I got my tattoo. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, dude. So I, uh, you looked at, you said, <laughs> I think I said, how dare you? You said, how dare you? And my immediate <laughs> response was, don't buy my conscience. Yeah, right. Like I'm free in this, and um, and uh, and so I just, I rem- and I remember actually thinking because I joked with you about it. I joked and said, don't buy my conscience. But you know what? It really was. Like real quickly, I took in a back. Mm. I mean, because you're not, you're my friend, obviously, but you're also an elder of this congregation, right? And so it was like wait, I need to think about this then. And so like, I really did. Yeah, and we discussed about it, it and I yeah. said, do you remember what I said? Like no, the I reason why I, I took personal caution around it yeah. is because I want to be able to stand upon a, a, a place where I can tell my children no. Oh, okay. You know, so it was really about discussing yeah. it, understanding the point. Yeah. And then saying like, brother, you're a grown man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But so like at one point though, that was a, like there, there are men who I know that have been told that they are barred from the kingdom of God. Oh, wow. Because they have tattoos. Wow. I kid you not. Wow. And so like that type of, that type of stuff, like that, so like that's where, you, and normally what's funny is most people see that now and they're like, what a stupid head. Who would dare bar someone from the kingdom because they right, have a tattoo? Right. But it's like, be careful that you're not condemning yourself mm. because it's it, it may be that we're doing the same thing in different areas. Mm. Um, and so, anyway. Yeah, because I think the reality is like your kids will live under your roof even even as young adults where they have legal age, right? Yeah. At 18, they can do whatever they want with their body. But I think for me, like... <laughs> Within reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, once you become 25, 20, if, if that's your prerogative, yeah. you know, go for it. Um, yeah. You know, that that's where I was coming from. So, all right, so my this leads us into, so we're done with dogma, doctrine, discussion. Hold on, hold on. Let me add one more thing. To okay. so, so let me, can I give just like a brief reason as to why I put, like dogma, doctrine, discussion was one of the first things that we laid out here. It's not in our values or anything like that, but I think it's one of our most important val. one of our most important, maybe like some of the most important language around loving community. Okay. And the reason is for the longest time, there was a removal of all, and this is, we prayed for this this morning, actually. There was a removal of all spiritual conversation Mm -hmm. from the fellowship of the saints. Right. And I can tell you why, because they were, because pastors were afraid that the church would get into disagreement on theological issues. Mm. And once they got into disagreement on theological issues, all sorts of fractions, there would be all types of problems. Well, it's kind of like if you bar it, like there's a running joke right now where you're, you know, when you were growing up, you you weren't supposed to talk about religion or politics. And therefore now no one knows how to have a conversation about religion or politics. And so like inside of the church, we should be able 
to have spiritual conversations in each of those categories and have them appropriately. Mm -hmm. And so dogma, we should celebrate those things. Doctrine, we should be able to discuss, discuss, perhaps sharpen, even have minor disagreements. But, But at the end of the day, as a local body, we should also be able to affirm. And then discussion, we should be able to laugh at each other. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like I know we're about to do this, we should be able to laugh at each other over our disagreements and discussion. All right, so shout out to my buddy, and I told him I was going to do this, Nick Carson. Oh, okay. Faithful listener, share us on Facebook, Nick. Start it. Get the people sharing. I'm literally going to say this. What? All right, likes are a waste of energy. (laughs) You need to share. But we will say the primary... Again, the primary motive Again. is Mercy Hill. Yeah. If anything happens outside of that, fantastic. But I keep hearing, like, people people love the podcast. Yeah. And it's like people that don't have anything to do with this here at this local fellowship. Yeah. And it's like, we should be seeing, like, tons of shares. And we're going to address this. We we have a game. You have a plan already? I do have a plan. Of course you have a plan. Uh, but it's, it's forthcoming. All right. So he sends me a text. Somebody sends me a text. And he says... So he texts me like ideas about the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if this is one idea about it or just a conversation that we have. But anyways, I saved the text message and it says he's so he sends me think about it. It is probably the first attempt of indoctrinating our two and three year olds into an atheistic worldview. So here's his statement. Millions and millions of years ago before man walked the earth, dot, 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 dot. When they had to live with man because death did not exist until the fall. So he's tying back into, think about it, dinosaurs. Walk the earth millions of years ago, before walk the earth, and before man came into being, they died, they went extinct. And he says, this is promoting an atheistic worldview because death did not exist until the fall. So here's what I text back. You ready? Bro, people are going to hear you eating that mint. It's fine. You're the worst podcast guest. I want to eat them. I'm not a guest. Host. Is this a guest? Character. Whatever I am. Remember, I'm a character well, all of all of my daughter's friends said this is my podcast. It probably, it really is. <laughs> it's not. We've already defined that. All right, so here's what I text him back. Here's my take. They dead when Adam is cast out. Lawson's shaking his head. Animal death isn't a moral evil. Which I agree with. Sin entered through Adam and death spread to, air quotes, all men. However, God in Romans 8 subjects creation to futility with purpose prior to the fall outside the garden. The purpose is to reconcile all things to himself and destroy sin and death. Even creation groans to be set free from its bondage, which is bondage to death and decay. Death existed outside the garden before the fall existed, and we see this in God's ecosystems. How much time elapsed outside the garden before the fall? Enough for dinosaurs to go extinct. It's God's good grace they were gone by the time Adam exits the garden. (laughs) Fantastic discussion. It is a discussion. Okay. So he texts me back. They weren't in the ark? Bro, I'm like dying. <laughs> I'm dying. Nick's like, I'm thinking Nick's eyes are like as big as his head. Hey, Nick, I'll give you my phone number and we can have conversations about biblical realities whenever you'd like. <laughs> yeah, till you get to Genesis 6. Anyways, oh my don't even. So, um, he, but they weren't in the ark. Like, I think that's a question. 
And he says, but others, uh, excuse me, I put they weren't in the ark. But I put, but others I serve with argue extinction by flood or that they died after the ark through extinction, which is death. It's just saying just natural. I mean, we see, we see yeah. God's creatures go extinct now. Yeah. It's not, it's not incredibly surprising that animals have gone extinct. Right. So I put they weren't in the ark, but others I serve with argue extinction by flood or that they died after the ark through extinction, which is saying that there's other believers, faithful believers, who believe that dinosaurs and men walked together. So he texts me back, how do you know they weren't on the ark? It never said the age of the animals on the ark. So it could have been babies or eggs. And he sends me a little shrug emoji. So I put, I don't. Because that's not the purpose of the story of the ark. So I said, it's a coherent biblical argument. And I said, and it's orthodox. I can defend it biblically. It's a tertiary issue. Therefore, we are charitable in these matters. The purpose of the ark is to demonstrate and point to salvation in Christ. We use so many Bible stories to argue tertiary matters when they, in Mm. fact, teach primary biblical doctrines, Christological. The Christology of the ark would be the truest and rightful use and study of the Mm. ark. You preach me Christ in the ark or you don't preach to me. Laugh out loud. I agree. So I put, what did Adam eat? Nick texts back. Laugh out loud. Tis true, O wise man. He ate sushi, mainly rice rolls. Probably picked out any shrimp in them, too. <laughs> He's throwing shade on Lawson. And I told Lawson this morning, I didn't realize this. That's like a quote from a prior episode that we did. So he put, so I put, you see, logically you conclude, quote unquote, plant death isn't a moral evil. And perhaps you don't even regard it categorically as death, but rather what God calls good. He says, eat, therefore we eat. So you see, death in a sense existed before Adam's fall. Dinos in the sense we have been discussing would fall into discussion. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wait, hold on. So that that so Nick and I are in this. So what exactly is falling into discussion? Sorry, like this, this entire conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been nothing which that is has which elevated is, is animal as, is animal death a moral evil? Is essentially the question being essentially asked, and did dinosaurs? I mean, so Nick's Nick's preface to the entire argument is this is how the world builds a atheistic worldview by teaching our children that dinosaurs were dead and existed millions of years before Adam came into being. And I don't even think that's their argument, right? That's not their argument. Their argument is like we 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 sprung from yeah, it's an, an amoeba argument. to yeah. yeah, blah blah blah. But Nick was pointing out that the belief that dinosaurs existed and died before uh, humanity okay. yeah. is an atheistic worldview. Well, I, I get and why. So, so you yeah. see what I'm saying? Like yeah, this but I get entire why he argues that. Okay. The reason I the reason I get why he argues that is we never were looking for a huge expanse of time until the evolutionary theory came about. True. And then they began to implement. Okay, well, there's millions. If we do have this type of evolution, then we need a huge amount of time. That huge amount of time was then crafted, right? And and biblical scholars, one that I love, A. W. Pink, argues for a gap theory between Genesis one one and Genesis one two, and in that gap are millions and millions of years where the dinosaurs roamed and things like that. So here's here's where this entire discussion. So to so to me, you know the the millions of year argument does have um, 
faithful Christian believers that hold to old earth creationism. Sure, yeah. And so we can't lay forth that old earth are those that believe, right, that the earth existed in that framework of time. Yeah. Do not need to have levied against them that they have an atheistic worldview. You see no, what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I think, of like, not. You know, and I don't think that's what Nick was doing at all. Yeah. But I think what was helpful through that text conversation is that we both understand where each other is coming from within discussion. Yeah. And that neither one of those topics elevated itself to dogma. Yeah. And isn't it interesting? The more you know a person, the less likely you are to yeah. call them a heretic. Yeah. And so like, it, it's just interesting to me, like as you get to know someone, you're willing, you, I don't know if you remember this, you remember this. We had lunch at Tom's barbecue. Lawson and I had lunch at Tom's barbecue years and, ago. And you told me this. Yeah. You told me your view. And I, this is like our third or fourth lunch. I already had started to love you. I was not in yet. Like I, I hadn't reached the hundred <laughs> percent. He loved the sweet. He got a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and so he starts laying this out to me and I'm like, okay, nothing he said has him identified as a heretic. Give me just a little bit of time to work through this. And, and but I did, I, I asked some probing questions because there are areas where this conversation fluctuates all the way to dogma. Certainly. And so this is what I want to point out. If I denied creationism Mm -hmm. and ex nihilo, then that falls into doctrine, which could elevate into dogma, which could be cause for separation. Specifically in regard to certainly the create by creation, you mean that God spoke and created ex nihilo. Yeah. Because by faith, we believe that he did that. Absolutely. But so so one place that I'll narrow it down all the more, because I know you agree with this too, right? Is that what that God did not create via evolution? Certainly, yeah. We re- do not believe in a theistic evolution, no, right? And that's what I'm saying. Like, sorry, Keller. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, could fall into and perhaps could be cause for separation because I think you've got to, through discussion, narrow down these doctrines to decide, right? What is dogma? Like, what is cause for separation? Where mm-hmm. do my heels get dug yeah. in? Yeah. You deny a literal atom. You're out. Yeah. Sorry. Like, right. yeah, I mean, and honestly. And other people within our community, that's what I love about our church, love yeah. it, is we sat around a campfire and we talked about this. Oh, yeah. And a uh, sweet, sweet man says quickly. <laughs> we have to have him on one yeah. day. Like we mentioned Quickly says, week. somebody said, well, what do you mean? Like, so, you know, and he's like, no, like I already know where he stands and he is full ex nihilo. Yeah. Like, and there's nothing, there's nothing that he's denying, which is dogmatic in the Christian faith. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it may be different. Yeah. It may not be the young earth. Yeah. Right. That we're the bouncy ball we're playing with. Maybe a chessboard. Yeah. Another man said it's, it's a, it's a silver bullet. And I said, it's a beautiful silver bullet. <laughs> yeah. The, the for me, like... Because we just said before we started talking about this, we need to laugh at each other. Yeah, for yeah, sure. That's how we're doing this, poking yeah, fun yeah. back and Yeah, yeah, and forth. so, like, the fact that you think that there's a time bubble is really interesting to me. Um, <laughs> but, like, the 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 dogmatic... This, this, is, this is where I do want to take dogma doctrine discussion and kind of bring it back around, because, like, this right here is a discussion. I mean, you're Certainly. wrong, but this is a discussion. Right. And it can elevate to... I don't, I don't even know if it hits doctrine. Yeah. Mm-mm. I think it skips it all together and hits dogma. Mm-hmm. Like it goes that quickly from one to another. We can disagree. Well, ex nihilo would be a doctrine. Yeah. I mean, 
if, no, if no, I know. I'm trying, I'm trying to be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And so, but like once it hits dogma, the idea, and this is what's often propagated by theistic evolutionists, I, and, and I guess they're trying to promote a, a sovereign God over evolution. It's laughable to me, and like I, I don't, I don't mean it's laughable that God could be sovereign over it, but it's, it's laughable that the sovereign God told us how He did it, and then you try to make it different than how He told you how He did it, yeah. and then you're like, oh, He's sovereign, and it's like you don't believe Him though, right? Um, and so. He created a literal atom. Mm -hmm. That literal atom fell, cast the mm -hmm. entirety of humanity into yeah, it's sin. It's a federal headship issue. Absolutely. Like, that's what you're warring against. You're yeah. warring against original sin. And so, like, the idea that you come forward and you're like, oh, no, no, we believe in theistic evolution, and we also believe in federal headship, and we believe in the fall, and it's like, my guy, I'm so, like, I, I know that you're being inconsistent right now, and that's to your good, but know that it does not actually work. That's right. Like, that's I, right. I'm thankful that you're being inconsistent, mm. but it's not, it's not real. Abandon ship, yeah. abandon ship, <laughs> like just jump. And I know, but this is the idea of of, of synchronization, where we take secularists yeah. and we say, "Oh, well, they say that the Earth is millions of years old, and that evolution is the primary way that this came about." And we're like, "Oh, well, that we have to reconcile that with the Christian worldview." Like, there's a way to reconcile it with the Christian worldview. Is the Christian worldview stomps on it and kills it dead? Mm. That's how we reconcile it. And so, you know, we just. Some of it's cowardice. I'm just going to say that. Well, sometimes it's looking for a platform in the world and trying to and trying to oh, bridge fair. a gap. I fair. think that's what it is. Um, for so norm yeah, sorry. So in conclusion, normally I have a Bible verse to close us out from our time. But the weird thing is, Lawson, I couldn't find a Bible verse on dinosaurs. So I want to thank my fellow elder, Lawson Harlow, for the time spent today. He and I may disagree on dinosaurs, but discussing dinosaurs as dogmatic doctrines does develop divisive dynamite. My brother oh my and my friend, goodness. Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs>